0: Hey everyone, you're listening to Unjustified True Beliefs, and you're also watching Unjustified True Beliefs, which is a podcast where we talk about the beliefs we have and we try to validate it using philosophy, psychology, and maths. So keep watching if you're a skeptic to find some answers and hopefully go back home with some more questions because that happens to me every time I sit in this podcast. So I'm Momita and I will be the host for today and like I said, yes, I am a skeptic. I'm on a mission to find some answers to some of the greatest questions, which is why I'm here with my friends. So today on the show, we have Jyoti duggar Kartik Kanan, Akshay bhadwaj Sandeep Pal, and of course, Saran Shmetta, who is the original host of the show and who has started this venture. So today is basically the second part of an episode that we started In the last season on cognitive biases so in last season we discussed a little bit about social biases what we're going to do today is we're going to sit down and kind of discuss some of the memory biases we're going to discuss about some of the lessons we've learned on how to tackle them where we've seen them and what we can hopefully do to kind of deal with them so why memory biases well it's because of the importance of memories some people say that you are actually your memories. Some of our memories actually shape you. And some memories define your understanding and your behaviors. While memory is a very complicated thing and is a relative to truth, it is also one of the most beautiful things that we human beings are blessed with. Which is why it is so important today, especially in a pandemic, to kind of discuss a little bit about memories which we fall back on pre-pandemic. And more importantly, look at some of the biases which may be holding us from reliving and living those memories. So without further ado, let's start with some of the memory biases. And before that, happy Diwali to everyone all around the world. So how are you guys doing?
1: We are well. Thanks, Mohamita. And happy Diwali to you too. Thank you. Merry Christmas from the background. Yes, that is
0: (laughs) my version of diwali (laughs) (laughs)
1: nice Uh, so uh, it's an interesting topic that you brought up memory biases let me just share the screen and i uh, everybody can look at the biases we'll be discussing tonight today or today afternoon wherever you are
0: okay so yep so we have about eight memory biases that we hope to touch upon and discuss about. uh, It's probably not gonna be in the same order that you see on the screen. So yeah, so just stay tuned to get it at any random order. Okay, so I am gonna start with one of my favorite biases, and it's called the hindsight bias, which is defined as filtering memory of past events through present knowledge so that those events look more predictable then they actually were also then they actually were in real life it is also known as I know it I knew it all along effect so is that something that you guys have experienced the hindsight bias what do you guys think is it something that you come across pretty frequently
2: oh it always happens with me especially at work uh, when things don't go well I'm like oh you know it Totally was supposed to happen this way because of so and so reasons, but uh, now that uh, you know you bring it up, I think it's more common than you would think it is. Um, I've seen this happen a lot with me at work, like I said, and uh, only after I read about it uh, did I come to know that uh, we you know make such wrong uh, assumptions. About things, and our thoughts are actually driven by the hindsight bias once things happen in a certain manner. So, yes, I think uh, I've definitely come across this, and I keep falling prey to this uh, still because this is very prevalent.
0: And is there anything you've done to kind of tackle this bias? Because you mentioned that it's quite popular
2: so in your life. I've started identifying this bias in others. It's easier to do that, unfortunately. Um, where whenever I hear someone say, Ki, "You know what, this was supposed to happen," and all, I give myself, uh, you know, breather by saying, Ki, "You know what, this is all in hindsight, and this is more like a learning for us rather than you know beating ourselves down to something which probably did not go the way you wanted to."
0: Interesting. So, what about? someone else do you guys also face the hindsight bias i know i do
3: yeah i mean yeah i totally agree with that, actually because generally it's when things go down that you are like oh yeah that didn't that small part of it wasn't really uh, fitting well or didn't really look so good and that's why everything went downhill so it's probably you fall back to that one small issue and then and you'll be like, yeah, I knew it all along. This is going not going to go well. But uh, I guess I'm trying to think of a positive way this could work. But uh, I don't know, like if something was really good, people, yeah, people don't generally attribute um, uh, so much, you know, credit to their surroundings or their uh, probably the opportunity or just the timing of everything which worked out well for them. And uh, it just said, okay, you know what? I just did this, so everything went well. I'm not sure if that's a good example, but maybe it is. I'm not sure because, yeah, I'm just trying to look for a positive way This bias could also come in picture that something good did happen, but you think it's only one single thing and uh, you were the person controlling that activity or habit or uh, uh, behavior. And that's what led to the positive outcome So, or any outcome. So without giving much credit to what, you know, invisible things really do impact everything which uh, does occur. Interesting.
0: So have you guys, I mean, I recently heard about this bias when I was discussing with someone about the stock market. So I, I've heard a lot of people Suddenly, when the stock market crashes, or it or it's skyrockets, they're like, "I knew it all along." So that's that's somewhere where I've, and and also the very famous astrology and soothsayers that we have, they also, I think, use this quite often. The I I knew it all along, uh, hmm. line. So that that's where I've come across.
1: Yeah. One more scenario is when a relationship do- doesn't work out. Somebody says, "I have already told you so that this is yeah. not going to work out." I'm like, how did you know before? And why did you tell me? Like, how oh, did yeah. you predict? Because I made the decision last night that it won't work out. And how did you know it all along? So I, I always find people who make this uh, comment that I, I I told you so. And it's always and I knew it around all. you, and not you. Yourself. Yeah, yeah. Like, dude, come on! You could have known. So. Yeah. is
4: there a place where people do it for positive things? I'm, high, I'm having a hard time even thinking about places where yeah. people yeah, do I it think, for. I think gave a good example.
3: Yeah, I gave the general brief about it, but Momeka's example of the stock market is a very good example. Like the outcome, if if your stocks go high or whatever, and you are uh, making profits, that's a positive outcome for you. But did you really were the only. Uh, person who made that Mm. intelligent decision or was it a lot of other factors which you didn't even know about but just happened to work in your favor? so yeah
2: yeah and I can totally relate it to you know stories of some successful people we hear that you know they used to study under a lamp a street lamp or uh, you know someone worked hard for like 12-14 hours a day to you know come to a particular level they may have done it uh, but that may not have definitely been the only reason for them to be successful wherever they are. And, you know, uh, I am trying to relate it to the phrase that the victors pave the path. It's, it's something like that, right?
3: The Hunter writes the story that it's always not hunt that's a wrong uh, The winner's, right history. The winner's, right, winner's
4: history. right history yeah the winner's right history
3: that's what i was getting going
4: for yeah yeah it's that's also another bias called the survivorship bias where hmm. you see things after they've been filtered through like you don't hear about all of the people who studied under street lamps and never got anywhere you'll hear about that one guy and think that oh interesting yeah. so
2: it's- where's, the, where's the nearest street lamp <laughs> <laughs>
5: So, so there yeah, seem to be a lot of uh, i'm sorry
0: yeah go, go ahead
5: i think there seem to be a lot of factors involved in you know causing this bias so like would you be interested in talking about those different factors like what is causing us to or some people to uh you know forget certain things from the past and treat only selective things the right way
0: that actually brings us to another bias which i wanted to that, that's kind of going to bring us to another bias and that's going to probably help us answer this question that you brought up. So let me see. Yeah. So there are two biases which are kind of interrelated when we want to discuss that particular aspect, right? One is the self-serving bias, which is defined as perceiving oneself responsible for desirable outcomes, but not responsible for undesirable outcomes. So that that is one bias that I wanted to kind of discuss with you guys and so what do you guys think is is this something you've come across or is this something that you fall prey to pretty often
3: I think self-serving bias is something which uh, most of us fall prey to anyone who says i have never fallen prey to is probably unaware or just lying um it is uh, it is very natural, I think, to not realise where you went wrong. And and I think it's good also. Every human needs to have that sense of, you know, that, be, that they remember that they did do positive things as well and not just beat themselves down always for the negative things. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it's just whatever people want to do. If they want to grow, whatever professionally or whatever it is, they need to just be a little more aware of where they did actually fail as well. So I think it's very natural for most humans to have a self-serving
5: bias. Although I completely agree to it. Uh, I mean, the thing is, it, it's also important for your mental health in a way that you always don't hold yourself responsible for uh, the negative things. Sometimes you might just say, that let's, let's call it destiny and I'll just move ahead. And not think about it. The only thing you can do is maybe learn from what caused that mistake. So that you don't repeat it in the future. But I, 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 this is kind of a good bias to have. You know.
0: No, absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head, uh, Sandeep. And that, that's what I think I was going to say. That, Like you mentioned, I think the biggest pro is that it can be used to protect your self-esteem. So that you can reduce hurt, Right? And kind of control yourself from yourself from when life gets you know a little tough mm-hmm. and, and and you also rightly pointed out the con which is uh, it cannot be a very good thing if you don't learn from your mistakes so yeah I mean yeah. So I, I think you really cover both the points of the pros and the cons and it kind of answers the question that you had before we were talking about self-serving bias
4: hmm. another Yeah, uh, I was just saying that there's one more side of it. Like we talked about uh, holding ourselves accountable for the negative parts of it, but there's also the part where you hold yourself account, uh, keep hold yourself responsible for the positive outcome. So you don't see how much chance went into you being getting that positive outcome. Like the classic case of someone when someone successful says that if I can do it, why can't he or why can't they? That discounts all of the um, factors outside that person's control that contributed the, to their success. And mm-hmm. they are thinking that everything that... Uh, it was only their own f- actions that were they were c- solely responsible for the successful state they're in. And there were no factors mm-hmm. outside their control. So the fact that this bias can sometimes lead to those sorts of perspectives where you don't think that uh, uh, there's other factors in play in making you successful is a con here.
3: That's exactly I think what um, Akshay and I were trying to say, that uh, the hindsight bias does come into play as a result of this self-serving bias because hmm. you don't know what all impacts every outcome. So you're not, I mean no one is a 100% the only factor impacting any outcome, be, be it negative or be it positive in the case of winners writing the history. So, yeah. yeah, And I
0: think it kind of ties up to the next bias that we have, which is called the egocentric bias, which is defined as recalling the past in a self-serving manner. For example, remembering one's exam grades as being better than what they actually were, or remembering a caught fish as being bigger than it was. And I think it kind of, rise back to what you were saying, Jyoti. How hindsight leads to self-serving and the other way around. And, and I think this one is also pretty closely related. What do you guys have for egocentric bias? Is it something that you've noticed or something? Yeah, I,
1: mm-hmm. I think that it, it is all related to that uh, the bias we discussed in the last uh, episode about uh, fundamental attribution error. It's like when we attribute a circumstance uh for for us we judge all our good things are coming based on our character but we don't account for the circumstance uh or like uh, if it's going bad then we account for the circumstance playing the bigger role in us taking a bad decision rather than what the decision we took and the other way when we uh you know when somebody else is doing something bad then you paste it on their character that they they're, they're wrong But in our favor, we always look for points which are in our favor, like, okay, I am the best because I am doing everything the best I can do under these circumstances. So I think these are all related. But surprisingly, I was feeling a bit different today. I was feeling that, well, maybe, uh, as uh, pointed out, that maybe I am here because of all the circumstances which are happening. Maybe I am not that great like I was just looking down like I was having an imposter kind of a moment where maybe whatever I've got in life it's only because of the circumstance and I didn't have much role to play in it like I was privileged enough to be born in a good family got a good education Uh, my parents had the resources to send me to college and all of that I felt I maybe I hardly played anything because I was just going through a system to get to this final destination so, I don't know, like this is uh, another dilemma I was going through, but then I was trying to, uh, I was saying, talking to myself, I was like, that's okay, Sananchi, you're a fine fellow, you're doing fine. But uh, yeah, sometimes it also happens that you start questioning yourself. But yeah, I, I, I don't know, how much is the distribution between uh, ecocentric bias or the, the opposite of it, uh, which is imposter uh, imposter syndrome?
3: Okay, before moving on, like like... People who do know you a little, be like at least I don't think it's only your factors. It's most, it's you. I mean factors plus I know that you work hard, so you are you are also a factor in whatever you have probably achieved or not achieved. Now coming back to egocentric bias, I feel like it's uh, it's very similar to confirmation bias. It is another bias which we did discuss in the first season of cognitive biases and uh, like you just so self-serving biases where uh, you're not really tampering anything but you are just holding yourself responsible for one over the other but egocentric is actually you remember or you you just think that something which didn't happen did happen like the example in in the in the description was that you remember your exam grades being better than they actually were so you're actually altering your past uh, reality to just so, conform with your uh, belief at present.
5: So you kind of become a story, storyteller where you're the hero of the story.
4: Yeah.
3: A storyteller is always the hero of the story. I, I was
2: going to say, you know, with so many elections going on, I see a lot of this happening when, you know, there are some politicians who come on and they speak about what they've achieved in the last so many years. Well... Firstly, I think it's it's a combination of both self serving as well as egocentric because they only remember the good things attributed to their being in a particular position. And you also see many instances where they literally inflate facts to, you know, show themselves better, especially during the election season. I think this was something which was a very recent example, if I think about. So
5: I feel there's a difference over there. It's about, one thing is about knowing that you're actually doing a, uh, you have a bias or you're depicting that you have a bias. Agreed. There are two different things over there. So they, although they might know that they have not done anything good in the past year, their numbers are shit. So, excuse my language. yeah, But they might depict it as a marketing strategy so that they people think, oh, like they have this, oh, they didn't do
2: anything even, then they're doing it.
4: They have so much to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, I like you all pointed this out. Like the all of these biases serve to protect yourself from your own brain or from reality. They act as a shield between the raw, gritty reality and how you're... If you didn't have these biases, or oh, you would probably go insane, because if you see the world for the raw way it is and do not make yourself well just a little better than what actually happened it it just improves your self-esteem your self-importance and maintains your sanity hmm.
0: so that's the pro what is the con
2: oh the cons are everywhere i think prices.
3: Yeah. yeah and that is also kind of a con i mean you're just uh it's a smoke screen like you are separated from reality so but yeah. the biggest pro is that you got to protect yourself, right? But you need to know the limit, right? You need to be aware. You cannot be a, you cannot be a sociopath or a psychopath or a murderer and justify everything. I mean, I, the, those are very exaggerated examples. But, but... the Go fun on. thing I mean... is, yeah. yeah.
2: No, I mean, uh, the cons, uh, I felt were more obvious before we started our conversation. I think we put a positive spin to all these biases yeah, while we yeah. spoke. And uh, like Suneik rightly mentioned, this is something which you yourself as an individual are unaware of. So I think that one of the biggest cons is that you are not able to see the reality yourself because you are formed by this bias hmm. while everyone else knows the reality and you know it can put you in a very tough spot in many situations.
0: So I'm just going to I don't know if this is gonna make us digress a little bit from the topic, but isn't it funny that we need an egocentric bias to protect our self-esteem when ego is actually the opposite of self-esteem? So I I don't know. I was just it, it just popped up in my head, and I was like, okay.
4: What do you that's... mean ego is the opposite of self-esteem?
0: Ego. I mean I, I don't know how to explain it, but ego kind of. I don't know. Ego is, yeah, it's just the opposite of self-esteem. Self-esteem is your actual perception, not perception, but your actual being, your actual, it's more real. Yeah, and ego is is a reconstructed and a made-up version of, yeah. Whatever you want to, I mean, for lack of a better word, maybe I can use I don't know self worth.
2: Can we say it isn't? Uh, it is a uh, uh, actually, let's look it up because uh, I think self esteem, uh, formed by you know the self. Bias probably uh, makes it into ego, where you have a filter which focuses only on you. I don't know if I'm making sense or not.
4: Uh, The way I look at it is ego is a little more destructive in the sense that it impacts, it has, a like self-esteem I feel is necessary for functioning well in the society without like losing the sanity but yeah um uh, that's what i think at this point
1: so, so yeah, yeah.
3: I may be like being too little but self esteem is your actual self confidence of your birth and your yeah. your sense of that self esteem because uh, have you noticed that people with probably lower self esteem tend to be a little more uh, aggressive ego. or defensive yeah, yeah. because they might they might have a very built up ego
0: yeah that's that's exactly what my point was and that's what I've read that usually if your self-esteem is pretty high you don't really need ego to boost your self-worth because ego is more external focused and self-esteem is more internal so if you have a high sense of being your self-esteem is is good is decent you don't really need to go around uh, with loudspeakers telling people that okay you know what this is what I do this is That's why they say inflated sense of ego, right? So,
2: So Mamma, can you help us with your question which you asked right at the beginning? Now that we have a better understanding of ego and self-esteem.
0: My question was, it it was less of a question, more of a thought that came into my head. That isn't it funny that you need an egocentric bias to shield your self-esteem when ego is kind of the opposite of self-esteem? Because we were discussing, right, how these biases kind of protect your self-esteem.
2: Yeah. So for me, it actually makes sense when you know when I just looked at the definitions of both. Ego is not a good or a bad thing. I I, I would not put a negative uh, yeah. connect to ego. It yeah. is like you all rightly mentioned. It's more of a projection of our self-esteem. How do we project it? And uh, it may be the true self. It may be a deflated self. You know, some people uh, might you know want to deflate their self-esteem and show it. I don't know in certain situations. And in more, many other situations, we see that people whom we say who have a bigger ego, that's what we see as a negative uh, uh, side of the ego biases being a screen on our personalities. I think. Uh, No, I should not use the word personality, but it using as a screen for our decision making, uh, I think makes sense uh, because it goes in line with what we just understood about ego, uh, about how we want to project our thoughts or how do we want to project our, uh, uh, you know, thoughts which come into a decision making process. So I think that's
5: interesting analogy. I mean, you can imagine that to be like glass screen, which is going darker, the more ego you have. So they're not able to see mm. through yeah. things because
0: they're yeah. in the way. And it kind of, this actually brings me to the next one that we have and the last one in the series of biases because after that we'll discuss different types of memory failures which is the consistency bias. Uh, it's defined as incorrectly remembering one's past attitudes and behavior as resembling present attitude and behavior. That's Hmm. again a very
6: Hmm.
0: fascinating bias because I yeah it's just a very interesting one and what do you have you guys noticed this or or seen somebody portrait
1: I I have a comment on this one yeah like uh, I think we are afraid of losing our self image the image we have Hmm. created for ourselves and we always trying to justify it throughout our life that oh i have been successful because i was always this kind of a person and you although there is change happening you are sometimes you have to consciously take a decision that i need to change and i have to make changes in my life and my behaviors Uh, but you i don't know somehow try to justify yourself because i already had that tendency tendency to adopt to new circumstances that's why i made the change And then you call oh i'm consistent in my performance throughout Mm. i don't know why we do this but yeah it's very difficult like i'm currently going through a change which i'm very conscious about but then sometimes trying to justify to myself and again it goes back to the self-serving or egocentric bias that oh because maybe i was always uh, this way or i always wanted this so i now with the time i'm doing it um I don't know like it's yeah it probably could be a yeah it could be a bias you if people have that awareness that they have made a change consciously and they never performed that behavior in their past and they actually took a decision that now i will change and being aware about taking the change that that could be yeah that person would be free of that bias but yeah Yeah. i think we do exhibit this
0: And I I think it kind of ties back to my favorite episode from our last season, the one around learning. I mean, you have to be aware of the changes you're making or what you need to make to actually learn or have a different opinion, which probably is why you should be careful with the consistency bias. So instead of just telling yourself that, oh, no, I, I was always consistent with what I'm doing now. I pretty much always thought this way maybe being honest with yourself they say the mirror test right so you should be able to look at yourself in the mirror and say that no this is not what i thought all the way this is how things were different this is what i've done and that probably will help people learn better or accept things better and and progress faster so that's that's what i think is how we should kind of deal with consistency Bias, but I'm open to hearing what you guys think can be ways of tackling this.
5: So, I don't know, <laughs> I, we always clash.
2: No, I, I was just saying that uh, I, I always want to be a storyteller, and I have a lot of stories which I tell to my friends and uh, people around me. So, one thing which I have noticed which happens with me, and I've realized this it's very strange is that whatever stories which I tell, it may not be from my life. It may be from uh, a book uh, or a show or from someone else's life, which I consistently keep telling people. Uh, interestingly, I start to remember it as something which I had done in my life. I don't know if how closely that relates to consistency bias, but, um, I could kind of relate it to, you know, the brainwashing activities, which, you know, happens in some negative, uh, you know, things, Uh, but where, where people are actually told certain things in a very repetitive manner, which kind of reinforces that particular thing in their head, as if that is something which they believe in or something which they were a part of or something which they have done in the past. So I've, I've actually uh, experienced this and it's very strange when you actually mm-hmm. realize that you know what, you actually did not do it, this, but you confidently tell this to this The actually, realization is important, so I'm I sorry. feel there. Mm-hmm.
5: The realization part is important there, I feel. I, I, I feel, I mean, as we, if, if we are just self-aware of how we behave with respect to a stimulus, we will be able to get uh, rid of a consistency bias i mean we might yeah we'll be aware now of our behavior as in what we were what if we are now when responding to certain stimulus for, compared to what we were earlier responding to that same stimulus if we are aware of that then we'll be able to get rid of this bias then i think hmm. what can did you we want
0: to you? add something Karthik? sorry
4: yeah, so, I was thinking of ways to tackle this, and like Akshay was saying, right? He remembers the way things are differently. He remembers himself as doing something. So it it reminded me of this scene in Inception where that guy needs to have a totem to realize if he is in the real world or if he's in the dream world. And I feel we need a mental totem of that sort. Like, and if you think, uh, where I've seen this bias, uh The consistency bias most often is when you identify with a group, like in America, you identify with Republicans or Democrats. And even though the value of the Republican Party may change over time, you will change with that and say that I've always been like that, whereas you will not see the change that you're going Mm -hmm. through on yourself. So... When you identify with a group or when you identify with a belief, it's important to have that totem that if this changes, I am no longer the same person. I am no longer the same. Believe the same things. So there, yeah. that But yeah, that's the sort of thing that I was thinking about.
3: That's a very good observation because um, I. It does happen that you know we start uh, identifying with a, with a label or with a person or with a with a authority or post and then after that whatever is said or governed by that label whatever falls under that is what you have to do but then at some point you need to understand uh, you i mean we need to um, make that decision that not everything falling under that is what uh, we personally believe in it's uh, it is a conscious decision which we need to make at every point of life that Like, um, yeah,
0: yeah. No, I I absolutely agree with every point that all of you mentioned, and and yeah, it's we just have to I mean be a little aware about where which is it consistency egocentric whatever we can give it multiple names, but at the end of the day, these are all biases. So, yeah. It helps to, I I guess, be self-aware and then work towards your personal development or just self-growth. And this actually brings me especially uh, what Akshay was mentioning about the whole storytelling example when he mentioned that sometimes you've not done a certain thing, but then some people tell you stories and then you're like, yeah, I've... Yeah, that's, that's how it is, but you've actually not done any of that. That kind of brings me to something called suggestibility, which is not defined as a bias, but it's defined as a misattribution, which also is known as one of the memory sins. Uh, so let me just read out what the definition is. So suggestibility is defined as a form of misattribution where ideas suggested by a questioner are mistaken for memory. So this is, yeah, this kind of Aksha's whole uh, comment on the storytelling brought me to this misattribution called suggestibility. And I think I've I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I think it, yeah, it could happen in like high pressure situations or uh, like an interrogation, police interrogation, or even in extremely relaxed situation where someone just wants you to believe something and they'll be like this is how it was right and then you might end up agreeing to something which was not the case uh, yeah it, at least you didn't think so so and then that becomes your reality so i mean it could happen a lot uh, sorry for a weird topic but it could happen a lot in um you know, toxic relationships where probably one person is abusive and then abusive people always tend to keep the people they want to abuse around. So they'll be like, but, you know, we love each other, right? And then the other person is right. is like, yeah, right. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, so I think that is a weird place where suggestibility is seen often. Yeah.
2: Okay, and to Karthik's point, I think I can totally see Inception, the movie, uh, as a good example of suggestibility, where they plant the idea in someone's head. I know it's different because it goes through a medium of a dream. But,
1: but
3: um... do they plant the idea or do they design the idea together with the person whose head it is? They don't really manipulate the person. They, they design the place with the person where the I think this will turn into an Inception review. but <laughs> okay, let's, let's
2: save that up offline.
3: <laughs>
0: no, but I, I think I, I totally, I, I get what you're trying to say, Akshay, that they implant an idea and that is, that kind of shows that memories are reconstructions rather than recordings, right? It, it's not like a recording that you took on a video camera and when you play it, it's, the exact same thing that happened when you were recording it, right? Mm-hmm. Memories are reconstructions at the end of the day. And there is a tendency... Oh, I, I'm, yeah.
2: And just wanted to add a point to that, Mamata. Uh, while you were speaking about, you know, mm. memories being reconstructions, uh, we might have studied it in our engineering. Memories work in a fuzzy manner rather than, like you said, like a tape recorder. Mm. You don't remember events in a sequence. You remember it in, you know fuzzy patches.
6: Yeah.
2: And it's very easy for one to you know, modify those fuzzy, fuzzy uh, patches into a different sequence of events. I think that's where it all comes from.
0: Mm. Well, that, that's true. And I think every time I watch a crime thriller, there is a suggestibility because there's one, some eyewitness situation happening and someone has given some wrong, identified the wrong person. And I think, yeah, it happens a lot in that kind of a situation. And also some of the other uh, situations that Jyoti was mentioning, like in relationships. So yeah, yeah. it's uh, quite it's an most, interesting
5: concept. Of pre, it, if we talk, to talk about the topic of preconceived notions, so it's, it's someone telling you something about, let's say, a group of people or a type of uh, thing. And even though you might not have experienced it, it becomes part of your memory so that every time you uh notice that thing or notice a people you already have a preconceived notion about it
2: absolutely i think that's a great example in my work as well i mean sometimes in my work i have to do some investigations and uh, it becomes very important for me to probably be very cognizant of this bias that you know some of the opinions or suggestions which i get need to be differentiated from material evidence if i may take as an example hmm.
3: uh, yeah. may i give a very uh, recent fun example it's exactly like the game among us which we recently started playing so i mean someone might be trying to throw you off with uh, like no this guy, i saw this guy coming out of this room and this and you're like totally yes i sussed that guy and then they're kicked out but uh, what when do you realize that you that idea was suggested to you, and you didn't really actually see it. So yeah, I think most of us sitting here have done it.
0: Suggestibility while playing Among Us, and we will do it again after this chat. So yeah, yeah that's a good example. Yeah, and that I think uh, yeah, so a lot of interesting things from suggestibility, the whole. Fuzzy logic thing that Akshay you mentioned, and then how memories are not recordings; they're reconstructions and perceived notion. Yeah, I, I think I, I didn't. I wasn't expecting to learn so many things about what memories are from suggestibility, but yeah, that's that's pretty cool. And now that makes me want to discuss the next one that we have on the list, which is called reminiscence bump. And that is defined as the effect that people tend to recall more personal events from adolescence and early adulthood than from any other lifetime period. Oh, that's, that's cool.
4: Is this a bad thing? I don't think it's, is it even, like, it's just...
0: uh, Yeah, it's not a bad thing, it's just a thing. Yeah.
3: It's It's
0: just a a thing. thing. Mm
6: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I think what Kaldi was trying to say is that like all the other biases are like uh, probably how you recall it or how you um, want to remember it. But this one is just a probably a research and a fact that prob- people tend to remember things from their uh, early adulthood, childhood.
4: Childhood and yeah, the,
2: uh, adulthood. I mean, in our defense, I think all of us are somewhere in the early adulthood part. I mean, I don't know how you define early adulthood, but I think... Thank you uh, for
0: giving out our age, but
2: yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we are somewhere between 16 and uh, 40. Yeah, that's right.
4: (laughs) But I think there's a simple reason for that. Like, there's just like... uh, more life is less routine i guess or you're more things seem new to you when you when you're seeing you have new experiences you're seeing things for the first time and they seem to they leave a bigger imprint on your mind but i'm very sure that no matter what your age is if you get a new dog if you have a kid if you get a new car or there's something eventful you'll remember that pretty vividly yeah Yeah, so it should depend on how unique or how distinct your experiences like
0: like if it is a milestone worthy or a landmark i I don't know for lack of a better word i'm just gonna give it a milestone or landmark event
6: Mm.
0: worthy kind of a thing it kind of stays in your memory which is why because you know milestones like marriage graduation degrees and most of your friendships kind of happen in that childhood slash early adulthood phase which is why i guess we keep you know going back to that uh, that period of our uh, existence and it, yeah it's, it kind of is tied to what you were saying karthik that even if you now end up adopting a a dog at 55 you'll probably remember that because that's gonna be a milestone for you
4: yeah and probably you- what go on sorry
2: no, again, to Karthik, your point, uh, and I kind of realize this when I use that range, 16 to 40, you might adopt a dog uh, maybe at a later age as well. Or, you know, do something at a later age, which is significant enough. But chances of you having done that for the first time during your early adulthood mm. might actually be higher. I'm just saying, it, chances are higher there. So it's not a new experience per se. You've had a pet before and now you've adopted another one the experience is totally new but uh, you know how it feels like hmm. so first strong experiences
5: we mostly stay in the memories that's yep. what we're trying to conclude yeah. so or I think there is mm-hmm.
1: i think there is another factor so, so this is one of the factors and this is one explanation that the other factor is we have more normal experiences when we are growing up and we are when we were a child, the, everything is new. Every experience is new. Yep. And this, yes, it becomes routine after a certain age. Everything we have seen so doesn't hold that much novelty element to it. But the reason why there is a peak in the middle, it's because our brain is also developing yep. and it's able to store more and can understand, understand things better. The memory part of our brain, that has developed to a level where, okay, I'm able to experience new things and also remember them. Hmm. So, these two things have to work together. Otherwise, the novelty explanation by itself is not exhaustive.
3: I agree with that. Uh, I was actually trying to figure out about that uh, point itself. Because, like I think Mohameda mentioned earlier, that memories are uh, not really exactly what happened, but how you store it that happened. Mohameda and Akshay, both of them spoke about it. That... uh, uh, and obviously to store it, your uh, brain health and your, uh, the you know, the activity that your brain can handle at a, any point of time. I used to sleep a lot when I was a teenager, college age sort of thing. I don't know how that also, I think people do say that, you know, people tend to sleep a lot in that age because that is when the brain actually retains all the information. So I could just be... Uh, blazing around but that is how i explain it to myself that maybe my brain was trying to retain information and
6: uh it bias. yeah it
3: could, be, it could be but it's uh based on some uh on some um uh, some points of uh, studies which were done that people do tend to uh yeah whatever i think the brain retains information when you go and sleep when you go and relax yeah and uh, That is something which does happen a lot more in those uh, foundation years than, you know, the pre or post part of it.
0: Yeah, because definitely sleep cycles decline, which is probably why learning, again, goes back to what we were discussing a couple of episodes back, how we thought that learning probably declines with age, maybe dependent on the fact that we don't get... Good quality sleep anymore Mm. as we are growing. So yeah, but I def I I really like the the novelty factor that you guys spoke about. I think uh, no matter which age people are of, no one's gonna forget the novel coronavirus, right? It's novel. Mm -hmm. So
2: yeah.
0: So novelty is definitely
2: COVID twenty would be just like that. COVID nineteen is the real deal.
0: And there you have Akshay cracking one of his jokes. Thank you. Okay, so since we are so obsessed with talking about memories,
3: we have to discuss the next one. Yeah, go ahead. I was just wondering how are the images related to what is happening. But then, um, okay. Good question. Sorry. We can come back to that. Yeah, yes, sorry.
0: So the next one is called cryptomnesia. I I have no idea if I'm pronouncing it correctly, or uh, it's called the false memory. So it is, Mm -hmm. again, a form of misattribution, uh, just like what we had for suggestibility. These two are misattribution type of memory failures, Mm -hmm. as they say. And uh, so this is the type of misattribution where memory is mistaken for imagination or the confusion of true memories with false memories. That's yeah. the textual definition.
1: I think this applies exactly to uh, Akshay's story. On when he tells or narrates a story, he associates himself being the hero and have lived through that experience. Huh.
3: No, that was suggestibility. This is when I'll, I'll give you another weird example of this because I'm I'm like the master of weird examples. So, cryptomnesia. Yes. So, I think cryptomnesia is when you have people gaslighting you. That oh no, you just think that happened, but that did that really happen to you? So, that is, I think, a very uh, most used tool by gaslighters, I, I guess.
2: I think that's also suggestibility <laughs> because you suggest that to someone, and you want to make them believe that. Um, easier mm-hmm. I'll tell
0: you I'll, I'll, I'll tell you I'll where I ahead. recently like I think today this happened and and maybe I don't know that's probably gonna make you guys uh, recall some similar events
1: hmm.
0: like I I suddenly thought of I, I woke up and then I had a line in my in my head like like a quotation type of line I was like wow I should should start writing a book this is amazing and then I I googled. There were ten thousand other people who've written articles on that line, so it, it's not yeah. an original idea. I have probably read something or watched some video and picked mm. up some things, and yeah, it's, it's just come to me. And I woke up with a on a positive note, thinking, "Wow, this is original." But it has, it's happened, and it's my memory playing games with me. So I, I think that's cryptomnesia.
2: I still feel that it's slightly different because what my understanding was that uh, true memories, which actually happened with you, like for us, for me doing this podcast with you all, if I start to believe that this was more like an imagination, that is what my understanding of cryptomnesia is. And, uh, you know, I've obviously, I don't want to uh, experience this too often. But this has especially happened when sometimes I get up in the middle of the night for maybe a glass of water or whatever. And uh, if I experience something at that point of time, I might attribute that experience to a dream instead of that actually happening. Like, uh, you know, someone came into my room. uh, Did we speak last night or was it a dream? Uh, And I'm sure you would have come across uh, such experiences before where you've actually done something, but you... Think of it as an imagination or a dream.
3: Hmm. Yeah, I've done that. I I used to be a deep sleeper. Uh, Still am, I guess. I don't know. But uh, there were instances where people would try to wake me up that, hey, we have to get ready or we have to, uh, you have an exam or something. And I, I would be, and when I would actually wake up, I would not remember anything. Like, no, I did not talk to you. Or no, I don't know. Did you wake me? I don't know. This didn't really happen. I have no... Recollection of it. I still think uh, that even though gaslighting does have suggestibility in it, but still the the very fact that you save a um, memory as you categorize it as imagination, you end up doing it right. So I think being gaslighted is probably uh, a a form of uh, cryptomnesia.
4: Yeah. It's definitely happened to me with when I'm trying to make music, I create a tune and I keep expanding on the tune and then it turns out I just made the office theme or something. It'll be like, Mm. uh, yeah, Yeah. it'll be completely, uh, you realize later that it's not a new idea at all.
5: Yeah. So does this apply only when you're thinking of new ideas? Is that the definition for it then?
0: No, I I don't think it it happens specifically when you're thinking of a new idea. It just probably pops up when you're doing something.
5: Something creative.
0: Something. Yeah. Again, what is creative? Anything can be creative. Yeah. So. So, yeah. I
1: I have a thought uh, here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is this like looking at false memory or cryptomnesia and consistency bias do they work opposite to each other like would you make a true memory as a false memory when it is not aligned with your the consistent behavior you think you have like you you do something very different one day uh, and you, you say oh, maybe i didn't do it or maybe i it's not me like it, it was just the imagination i it never actually happened with me something which you don't do consistently you tend to forget about it and you think to think of it as a false memory that's a that's a thought i have about this one
2: so connecting Has it to it, the reinforcement bias of you know this is how i am and all these actions yeah. which reinforce my singularity of my
6: yeah
2: identity yeah is what is true hmm. that's an interesting thought but i have not experienced it
1: yeah,
0: i am also thinking hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay so i think i on- can
1: tell a short story of, on this like Go once ahead. i uh, well, where is this, will this be politically correct and anyway so I I like went out on a date it went really well and it doesn't like a lot of progress was made that day well I mean in the subjective terms but uh, I was like wow how did I do this normally I don't do this like I'm not so good at uh, these things but then I look at this maybe that was the imagination but I'm like, oh, that
2: was a consistency no. bias
1: <laughs> 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 so anyway like uh, Sabhajad <laughs> I'll be my own uh, image here. (laughs) That's
2: self-deprecating humor, my friend. We spoke about last year. Yes. But I think this is a very interesting one. Mm -hmm. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think with that, we have the last one on the list. Wow. And this, I know that we we've all, yeah, we are going through this for sure, and we'll talk about it soon. Uh, so it's called rosy retrospection. It is defined as the tendency to rate past events more positively than they had actually rated them when the event had occurred. Mm-hmm. This is happening to me since March, since the whole lockdown thing happened. Like. Like suddenly, my pre-pandemic activities have, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. they, they seem like wow. Oh my god, my life was amazing, and now what am I doing? I am stuck in the house. But back then, when I was actually doing those things, I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. So that's 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 where I have faced it. What about you guys?
5: This happens to me every time I go to Goa. Like, so this mm-hmm. I I probably went the eighth time with you a, a month back. And every time I go the previous memory somehow seems to be better. It's like we had more fun the last time we had more fun the last time. It, it's always that. Although it might not have been true we might have uh, you know gone through some issues or have had some troubles on the way, but we still remember the previous trips
2: to be much better than what they actually were. Do you think people who uh, you know do drug abuse also face this? you know their first experience, they feel was the mm-hmm. best, and you know every previous experience was better, and they try to you know reach that.
4: There experience. is a physical com- physical tolerance component to it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: but I, I've been facing this. Um, I've been uh, experiencing this since childhood. Drug was, abuse? Uh, no, i no, not drug abuse, but rosy <laughs> <laughs> rosy retrospection. Where well, uh, since childhood I was you know moving from one place to another. Uh, for schooling, for college, for work. And each time I entered the new place, I was like, you know what, the previous city or the previous school was much better. Or, you know, the college which I left, uh, I wish I had a few more years there. Not, you know, repeat my courses, but, you know, (laughs) the experience with my friends and all. So, uh, I think uh, while I graduated from my business school as well, uh, we were all like, You know, we will never have this time, which we had uh, in future. And I know for a fact that maybe after five years, I will be reminiscing Mm. about Mm. today. And I probably that's also part of that uh, reminiscence
4: bump. Oh, yeah. I was definitely going to say just that it's it will definitely if you tie that to that. There's so many people who say the good old days, like when back in our days, it ties so closely to the reminiscence bump.
0: Yeah. So, what do you think can be a good way of dealing with this? Or, yeah, I think one con can be that I don't know this constantly thinking about how things were better in the past, but like Sandeep, you mentioned that maybe in the past it wasn't even that great. It it was probably, yeah, something, right? Yeah. It's
5: it's gonna get gonna get boring every time I visit Goa. Henceforward, now. Yeah. <laughs> that's what's gonna happen. I guess. With you the, started the off with gone. no
2: expectations. You started off with no expectations, probably, and each yeah. time you kept going to Goa, you knew, that you know what, this is going to happen. And if anything of that experience did not happen, then it was probably yeah. a yeah, yeah.
5: maybe. Yeah. A lot of biases I, over there.
0: Yeah, so I think living in the now kind of might help us stay away or maybe tackle rosy retrospection, like just be in the now, focus on what can you do in the now instead of...
4: Yeah, but I feel living in the now and focusing on the now are concepts that are so hard to implement just by what, what do you like, there needs to be an action behind it. Like when you say live in the now, there isn't anything I can do to do it. Like I need some... It, that's the hard part of that's the hard part of doing dealing with any bias, I guess. Yeah, I mean like take know.
3: more stars or Sandeep's example, like if he's gone to go and he's probably he probably thinks he had more fun last time, he could just they would just have to probably stop hyping up the last time and just enjoy the trip there yeah. or with more yeah. with all of us stuck in the house. Like, okay, we had fun outside, but that those were probably different types of fun and maybe you could have friends over or you could have good food and but yeah it's just uh, mm. so that's how what living in the now is that not yeah. like every second now but in yeah. the day at least now
0: yeah like being more mindful and which is why I, w- I, w- I want to hear what Sarah your thoughts are on this because I know you practice mindfulness quite religiously so
1: yeah, um, as Kathik said, it is hard. Like it being present. Um uh I mean this, this is this podcast is when I'm in the now, right? We are enjoying this. We and someday we'll look back and we'll recall we'll remember those days when we used to do podcast and and this is, this is such an amazing time we are having right now and we like it's it's a normal experience for us. But this is a great experience in the future when we look back to it. So when if we have that thought yeah then every moment can be amazing then you in the evenings when the sun is set, it's, you know uh, setting down you can look at the the clouds you can look at the environment and you are like wow this is so nice and looking at your cat I and mean, when you look at yeah. the cat and it is so pretty and yeah that kind of these are like living in the now moments where yeah. you are okay this is the best it could ever be and like it like you know this is yeah. it you not don't, don't compare it with your future or your past but this is
0: it. And also I think so, practicing gratitude might uh, help,
1: hmm.
0: right? Hmm. Like maybe it could be by journaling or writing about your how grateful you are. That that might, I'm just thinking maybe a good way of kind of tackling or trying to be in the now. Because you you feel like, okay, there is so much to be grateful for at this current moment. That I don't need the past to limit me from living living it to the max right now.
2: Or maybe just being aware of this bias. That we tend to think about our past events as more...
3: Okay, so tell me one thing. So I... I am enjoying this podcast, which we are participating in. And after 10 or 20 years, if I look back, back at it and say that that was a good time, I'm not being wrong, right? No. That, that is not really rosy retrospection. If I end up comparing it with my present day, that is wrong. But I actually am enjoying it. It's not like I'm misremembering it as a enjoyable experience. I am That's true. enjoying it every uh, every week. Yeah. And when you yeah. do mean having
1: that this awareness that you're enjoying it at this moment, that is the key insight here. Like I am here, I'm enjoying it. That is the best. Like if you know this, then you're sorted for life. Like so but the yeah. problem
0: is Jyoti, all those years of extra sleeping that you did was good. But nine out of ten people have a hard time practicing mindfulness and living in the now. When they start recalling the past, so yeah, I'm just yeah,
3: yeah. I, I mean, know. we are all learning. What are we? We are just 65 yeah. today, so we have 30 years to go.
0: Nice. So with that, I think uh, we discussed what eight types of memory. What should we call it? Failures, sins. They, some of them. Some people call it uh, memory sins. So that was, yeah, there was quite a lot of learning. Go ahead. Somebody no, was I saying was, something.
3: I was just chipping in that uh, to call it a sin would be too too dramatic. I mean, we are not, we are not I mean, this is not a religion. That's, ladies
1: and gentlemen, what is self serving bias? She's not calling it a sin. No. <laughs> so.
3: I mean, it's just a definition. It's how is it a sin mm. anyway. But sorry, mom, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. It's,
5: it's useful to be aware of all the devices and just, just know that this is happening to you or you are looking at things through this lens. And that's what I think is key, just to be aware.
0: Yeah. yeah. So any other parting words from everyone?
2: I think I, I started from a scratch and I learned so much myself as a participant.
1: I think this was a good interaction and discussion. Agreed. Yeah, the key takeaway for me was uh, memories are uh, very, like what Kakisha said, it's just random. It's unreliable. Possible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's unreliable. Like you, you make up things, you make up which is not real, you you make what is real as unreal. So it's uh, yeah. yeah, it's hard to depend on them so much.
3: Again, I. Memory- yeah. Just touching on what Saranj did mention that you know, memory, I think memories, uh, memory forming is unreliable. So, if we can be mindful and live in the now and like right now mm-hmm. understand what is actually happening, then probably we could rely on our memories. The memory forming part of it is where uh, the issue lies mm-hmm. because, uh, yeah, that's what I think. Because it's uh, not. Huh. i think yeah. yeah i i feel like if the memory forming part of it is taken care of it yeah. could uh, be relied upon later yeah
4: yeah i guess even retention is a little Unreliable, right? I mean,
3: it's like uh, it's like mugging up for an exam, right? You are just uh, if you are just mugging up the way you form that memory, you are not going to retain it for long, and it's Mm. not going to be of any use to you beyond a few days or a month or something. Mm. But uh, if you form it in a way in which you understand now and then forever, then you'll you'll remember it.
4: Right.
2: Uh, it takes me back to the data center and cloud days of mine. Okay. Yeah, very... It can We can go very technical into... Hey,
1: but anyways, yeah. we you. shall
0: have another episode on that. Uh,
1: yeah. But yeah. We will it, hold, hold yeah.
0: <laughs> so it was a good discussion with you guys, and, and I think there's never a conclusion to our podcast because yeah, these are probably topics which don't have an exact answer or a solution to. It's it's just mm-hmm. a chance for us to kind of uh, learn more and justify our unjustified true beliefs, as the podcast is called. And yeah, I think the biggest mm-hmm. takeaway for me was that, uh, that memory is a constant active process and kind of being aware of what could influence it, what could distort it, and then yeah working towards being more mindful is probably a better way to capture a memory or make a better memory and and a better life so yeah so with that i think we've reached the end of today's episode so it was it was good good meeting you guys and uh, happy diwali to everyone bye bye